0: Hello and welcome to Addiction Makes Three, the podcast with me, Amanda Lockyer, and this is episode two. We are talking about the very beginning and what it might look like and feel like. Let's get into it. Here we are leading with kindness and we are changing the conversation from one of shame, stigma and moral failing to one of hope, awareness and respect. So welcome back and let's jump in to episode two. What the hell is going on? In the spirit of Julie Andrews, let's start at the very beginning. It is a very good place to start. And this could be more of a blurry memory. When did it even all start, right? And I want to say, it's not even important. Don't trouble yourself and beat yourself with the stick about trying to work out exactly when this all happened. Because we can really chastise ourselves that we didn't notice it earlier, and that is literally not your job. Okay, and what matters is that we are noticing it now, and bringing some attention as to how it's impacting us. So, that being said... Let's call it the blurry and fuzzy slow burn beginning, okay? And let's be real, it is confusing as anything. It's this weird situation where things don't quite add up. You know something isn't quite right, but you're not sure exactly of the what. In this time, we see things, we don't, can't kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together, and it is all the confusing. We can sometimes find ourselves denying our intuition because surely this can't be happening to me, surely this can't be happening to my family. I personally would never have used the word addiction in that fuzzy, blurry, slow burn beginning, right? Absolutely not. The word addiction did not pop into my mind at all. And you don't need to either, right? You don't need to use that word either. There are signs that things are not okay. There are signs, little things here and there, things aren't okay. And in the gift of hindsight, perhaps they were big red flags waving at us, but still we can't quite piece it together. And like I said earlier, the awareness you have now is absolutely not the stick to beat yourself with. I should have seen it sooner and then I would have known and I could have done more and I would have done this and I would have done that, right? That ship has sailed. And can you do anything about how many years ago now? Absolutely not. So the self-awareness is not the stick to beat yourself with. And I say this quite truly probably daily in my coaching calls Just because you know better now, don't then, you know, pick the stick up and start beating former you for what you did earlier, right? We know now. We know now. So let's be real. It's almost like we don't want to see it. Not my lovely person, not our lovely family. No, thank you. No, thank you very much how might we know something is going on? And this might relate to you if you're in the early stages of what the goodness gracious is going on here and maybe you're thinking it's something in this space. For me, at the time, in the value of hindsight, it showed up as holding my breath. Um, I would hold my breath as I came home key in my hand opening the front door I didn't know what version of my person I was going to get or was going to come across Uh, and then when they came home so when I heard their key in the door I would hold my breath not knowing kind of where we were at so it's just the not knowing And I held my breath. The phone rings. You see it's them. You hold your breath. What's happened? What's the story today? What's going on, right? So for me in the early days, lots of breath holding and newsflash, you need to breathe. Okay. So not overly good for you, but I found holding all that tension, you know, in my chest there and in my neck really. So holding my breath is how I noticed. I was being impacted in the early days, um, that something wasn't okay. And I want to give you this gift. Denial keeps us safe. It sounds weird. And this is true for whichever side you're on here. Denial keeps you safe. How? Keeps you safe from having to do anything, (laughs) okay? So if there's no issue, all good. No action required, right? Denial keeps us safe from acknowledging there's a problem, taking our own course of action, making our own decisions and bringing some intention to that. Denial keeps us safe. Likewise, if you are struggling with some problematic behavior yourself, If you are in denial of this being a problem for you, it keeps you safe from having to do or not do anything about it. So once you become aware that something is a problem for you, you then make a choice. Should I do something about it or should I not do something about it? And both those choices are valid, but denial keeps you in that safe little bubble of head in the sand, ostrich style, nothing to see here. So everyone can be in their own little head in the sand of denial and doing that keeps you safe from having to do anything, but doesn't change what is going on. Another little behavior you might notice that you're doing in the early stages, or when I mentioned this in your further down the track, You'll just, yes, maybe give yourself a little giggle. The dreaded Google search. And you are all into the Google. What are the signs of an alcoholic? What does it mean if someone is demonstrating these behaviors and you list the behaviors? Does this behavior mean my person is whatever? And you are deep into Google. If you see some paraphernalia around your house, what is this? Okay. So you're all up into the Google, another little indicator at the beginning that something isn't quite right. And really, if you are in Google and deep into your Google searches, I think we all know at this point something is not right. So let that. Be the kind of awareness that you need, you're putting it into a Google search. So what else might the beginning look like? You are becoming more aware of the lies. And we are going to talk a lot about the lies as we go along here. But at the start, it is the lies. And it you take them so damn personally when you uncover them, right? It is so, so personal. It hurts the betrayal, the pain. And just to give a little bit of context here and how we'll proceed with this, the lies make sense, that someone would lie about this makes sense. Going back to the start, when I said we're changing the conversation from one of shame, stigma, and moral failing, lying here makes sense, okay? So the lies, and you might notice that you're lying. You're lying to your lovely people, your workmates, your family, your friends, okay? You might notice that behavior in yourself. And I want to give you this because some of you are definitely here. Your lovely person does not have to say it is a problem for them for it to be a problem for you. And I'm going to say that again. Your lovely person does not have to say it's a problem for them for it to be a problem for you. And realistically, you are most likely going to disagree on what the problem is. Which is frustrating as anything and you are both right. Their problem might be they're bored of life, they're bored at work, they're stressed, they're this, they're that, they're got to be doing things to be accepted in their friend circle. So their problem is they don't have friends or they will lose friends. So this is their solution. Your problem is the behavior that is then demonstrated. I'm just going out on a limb here. The behavior that is demonstrated after they do the thing, okay? Your How you perceive the problem is different and you are both right. So we're not going to get into a war on words as to the problem. Just know that it, if it is a problem for you, it is a problem for you. And that might not be a problem for them and that gives you information, okay? Here are some indicators that this is a problem for you. Basically, if someone's behavior is causing you problems, then it is a problem for you. And this is not just related to the behaviors that show up in addiction. If someone is going to the gym for so two hours in the morning and three hours in the evening every night, and you have a family and your family, your young family has commitments, needs, etc. that is a problem for you potentially. Okay. So this does not relate just specifically to addiction in that example there. If someone's behavior is causing you a problem, then it is a problem for you. You might find yourself walking on eggshells. So you're afraid to say things, bring things up, address things, make noise at certain times of the day, live in your own house, make plans, whatever it is. You might be constantly thinking about them and their behavior, like it is legitimately 24-7 on your mind. You might hold off on making plans for the week, the month, the year. Because you don't know what they'll be like. And like I said earlier. How this might be a problem for you. Is you're lying to friends and family. About why your loved one isn't with you. Or why you can't make an event. Why you can't have people over to your house. You might be abandoning yourself. Your needs, your wants. And you put off doing things that bring you joy. And You abandon yourself, your needs, your wants, and you put up doing things that bring you joy and you might be isolating yourself from friends and family because this is draining. It is hard. And it is hard if being authentic and integrity and honesty is important to you to show up and be around other people in an honest way when there's this whole kind of shit show going on. And... Just to reiterate, it does not need to be a problem for them for it to be a problem for you. And I want to say even one step further than that, it doesn't need to be a problem for anyone outside of your relationship for it to be problematic for you. You don't need anyone's buy-in that yes, this is a problem. You don't need anyone's buy-in to say what the problem is. Okay, we're not here for it. This isn't a debate. If it's causing you problems, then it is a problem for you. And that's when I speak a lot in my coaching sessions around we often think that We, the biggest casualty here is loss of trust with our lovely person because of all the lies. And what I have truly come to realize in the years I have been coaching lovely women around the world is it's actually the loss of trust with yourself. That is the biggest casualty here, which is why. We can then go and seek others, their buy-in. We will poll people and explain the behavior. Do you think this is okay? What would you do here? Do you think this is a problem? Should I do something about it? Should I leave them? What do I do? Um, We start polling. We recruit people to be as outraged as us as to the behavior. Or maybe you'll say this to someone and they'll say, that's fine, that's normal, it's no big deal, everyone does it or whatever it is, right? So we really want to lean into that inner knowing and how it feels in your body. This is not a debate. If this, whatever the behavior is, is a problem for you, it is a problem for you. And you truly do not have to navigate this alone. Or in silence. I did a whole reel on this on Instagram where I shared with, you know, that community one of the worst things that has been said to me. And, you know, we could all write a book here. But when I shared with someone what was going on in my family, this person who's actually quite close to me said, It could be worse. And it's like, yeah, a hundred percent it could be worse. And you know what? It could also be a whole lot better. So That is not the benchmark. So, the problem is when you go and look to others, recruit and poll and ask and share in circles that maybe aren't that safe, you can possibly be opening yourself up to that kind of response. And some truly awful things have been said to people in this space, and we might um, speak on that another day. But if it is a problem for you, then It is a problem for you. You don't need to open up the floor to do a debate. You don't need to bring with you a PowerPoint presentation with photos and documents and all of the events that have unfolded to lead you to this conclusion. You don't have to do that. Once you step out of denial and realize that this is a problem for you, It's then your next step is, and what does that mean for me? And what am I going to do? And you do not need to do this alone. This is really confusing. Okay, really confusing. And when I say your next steps, what you're going to do, we're not making big decisions here. It's just, what does that mean for me? What does it look like? Thank you for joining me here at Addiction Mix 3, the podcast. Please subscribe wherever you listen. And if you have found this to be helpful or insightful, I would sincerely appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast. That is how others are able to find it. And if you would like to get in touch with me, with thoughts, feedback, or queries, you can send me an email. The details will be in the show notes. Thanks for staying kind and I will speak to you soon.